0: And welcome to a brand new episode of Out The Box Talks I am your host, Krill I'm ex- I'm so excited to be back for another show This is episode 89 Big ups to all of our viewers, all of our listeners All of the supporters of Out The Box, man I thank y'all so much Y'all been making me feel so good lately, man I've been getting a lot of love And I just really, really appreciate it um, Shout out to the folks who support us via the patreon page as well as the merch page you know we've been getting uh people supporting via the merch page on big cartel and also shout out to all anyone who's ever you know supported in any form you know like it, it really means a lot and it, it's dope to kind of see the audience and the support growing so i have a dope Episode for y'all today. I'm I'm looking forward to building with this brother tonight. It's definitely a pleasure to have him on the platform. But before I bring him in, I just want to shout out a few things out the box related. Remember, you can go to our website outtheboxmedia.com where you can find all of our previous episodes. I've done about a hundred, over a hundred and fifty artist interviews. In the last 13 years, and it probably should have been a lot more than that, but I did take sort of like a break, you know, for some years. Things changed, but I'm back and and ready, and, and it's been like this for the last year or so. So I'm excited to continue the process of putting out dope interviews with Out The Box. Another thing I want to mention that I, I didn't get a chance to mention the last show is I put out my very first book. And it's actually a book that's focused on giving support to those that are interested in creating interview podcasts, right? So, you know, some of y'all listening know that I've been doing this for the last 13 years. Some of y'all know, might know of me just for the last couple of years. Either way, like, I've gotten a lot of recognition and a lot of support for what I do. And just looking back at all the experiences I've been through, you know, from the challenges to the successes, I thought it was uh, dope to just put some, pen something together that would be helpful to those out there that might want to start their own interview podcast and specifically, you know, doing interviews. So that book is now available on amazon.com as an ebook. It will be coming as a print book in the future. But, you know, share it if, you feel like it's something you could gain, you know, definitely feel encouraged to pick it up. And if it's something you feel someone else could benefit from, feel free to share the link with others. But I just wanted to plug that and, um, you know, big that up because that was a big step for me. It took a while to get that out. And I'm glad that it's out in the atmosphere for people to gain, learn, and be inspired from. So, also, what I want to note is the merch page is on Big Cartel, outtheboxmedia.bigcartel. So that's where you can find, like, out-the-box merch, like this Out The Box TV snapback, as well as, you know, T-shirts and hoodies. We got those MC Over wrap hoodies and T-shirts available on the site as well. Also, if you would like to donate to Out The Box you can uh, send donations to PayPal, paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia, or you can send it to our cash app, which is cash tag out the box rep, right? So whichever, you know, platform works best for you, you can send it there. Any amount is appreciated. So don't feel like, yo, if you send me, Two dollars, you know, (laughs) I'm going to be mad. Like whatever you can send is appreciated. Right. And like I said, we got the Patreon page where you can find access to exclusive interviews that are only available to Patreon. So I made it a purpose to make sure that these episodes weren't available to the general public. So shout out to you if you've become a Patreon supporter. And I hope that the interviews that are up there are inspirational to you and you enjoy what you have to experience there. Also, for those that may not know, let's say you're watching this episode on YouTube. Well, first and foremost, if you're watching it on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and you know, so that you can get those notifications with YouTube. But also if you're watching on YouTube, I do want to let you know that we do offer the podcast audio as a high-quality audio podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. So you can also search for Out the Box Talks there and find the podcast there. All right. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Like I said, the website is outtheboxmedia.com. That's a really also another dope way to keep connected so you don't have to become a patreon subscriber to keep connected you could also just subscribe subscribe for free on outtheboxmedia.com by just clicking on the subscribe tab and you know just signing up via our email list all right so like i said man we got a dope new show for you today as usual you know i ain't gonna let y'all down i got an artist that I've been hearing about for a little while now And let me first do this Let me shout out to Salmon on Twitter Who actually encouraged me To to, uh, do this interview So big ups to you Salmon I'm going to give you your props man Thank you And uh, thank you for you know Supporting and rocking without the box But I've been hearing about him And also through Rap Ferreira Who has the Ruby Yacht Poet Collective, right? So we're going to talk about that as well today. And uh, we're going to talk about what he has to offer lyrically, especially his new album, Epic, right? Which just came out, I want to say, like about a month or two ago, like in August. And it is definitely an intriguing experience. And you'll know what I'm talking about when you hear it. So we're going to build on that tonight tonight. But um, I want to also shout out some of the work he's done in the past. You know, he actually released his first project entitled Raw Naval in 2017. He dropped a project called Born on the Stairs in 2018. And then in 2020, he also released a project called Giraffe Track, then went on to release a project earlier this year, February, called Pink Pound. And... EPIC is now available as of August of this year. So we're going to mainly talk about this EPIC project, but uh, we're going to also give him some opportunity to talk about his humble beginnings as an artist, as an MC. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out The Box Talks viewing and listening audience for episode 89. My brother Halen from Massachusetts. The MC, the Ruby Yacht Poet member himself, my brother, Pink Naval. Welcome, welcome, welcome. you yeah. for having me. Indeed. What's good? What's good, Naval? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, um, been super relaxed lately.
1: Not doing too much. So it's been good
0: indeed indeed so it's a pleasure to have you on the show Mm -hmm. we got a lot to talk about specifically this new album but before we get into that I want you to give the audience out there our viewers and our listeners a little insight into how your love for emceeing first originated like where did the inspiration all begin
1: Wow. Um. So my story is kind of interesting, I guess. Uh, I um, uh, my dad is a drummer, so rhythm has always been something that's been you know my blood and something that I was around a lot. Rhythm, just just that, just that concept. Not even rap music itself, because my dad was more of like a rocker dude. He liked like stadium rock, but um. Music and, you know, this idea of, like, being a musician was always something that was very um, treated as a realistic path at all times. And um, I guess, you know, around 13, 14, 15 years old, when you start to develop your own musical interests and your own tastes, I sort of began to gravitate towards um, weirder rap music that I could find on the internet. And I've always sort of identified as a very weird person. Um, So when I started to find these rappers who were rapping about things that I did not know people rapped about, I was like, wow, like that's extremely empowering. Like I wanna do that too, you know? and really began to study that study that realm very closely for uh, a while.
0: Indeed, yeah. when you say things that you didn't you weren't familiar with rappers rapping about, what were some of those things?
1: You know, like <laughs> Jordy LaForge and like um uh cartoons and you know like Adult Swim and uh, just uh, stuff that, yeah, stuff like that, the internet, you know, memes, video games, um, all stuff like that, you know, and and I mean, I'm talking about, I'm 25 years old. So when I was like 13 and 14. So like, I don't know, like, only a few years after, you know, Danger Mouse had came out. So like, that's like a fresh idea. Whoa, like, yeah. Stuff like
0: that. Wow. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, like, who was some of your early MC inspirations that was doing that, that made you feel like, you know what? It's actually safe. It's actually cool. I can I can rap about this stuff and, and, and get, you know, get a recognition for it and, and, and get an audience that's at least into it, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely Doom, you know? Doom is like the... That's doom cute. is the ultimate of that like just rapping about like doom as a whole song that's like an alternate theme song to aqua Teen, you know yeah. like it stuff like that and then also um shout out my dog rap ferreira when i was he used to go by milo and i discovered his music on the internet too and you know same same bag just hearing like all these different interesting References and topics that I wasn't hearing other places, you know, from, you know, yeah, I was just not hearing them, period, from anywhere else. So, yeah, Damn. those two. Wow,
0: wow. It's dope that you mentioned, you know, of course, Rap Forever. And I think I first recognized you on the Bob Sun album. You know, mm-hmm. you're like on the first track. Like, tell me about how you got connected with rap ferreira and became a part of this whole ruby yacht poet crew
1: yeah i was just a student of the game uh really interested in his work and that sort of genre of rap music and he um it must have been 2013 when he came out to boston to play a show for the first time Mm. and i was it was the day before my junior year of high school. And I went out to the show and there's like, you know, not that many people there. So after the gig, we were just like chatting and I like followed them to where they were parked in their car and I was just chatting with all of them, asking Rory all these questions, you know, like, what's the box that you use? And like, how do you do this? And how do you get a show like this? And you know, like all those kind of questions, you know what I mean? And, um, he was just the whole time, super nice and super graceful. And over the years we developed a relationship on the internet. Um, and every time he'd play in my area, I'd come out, we chat, you know, and after a while that just turned into me actually beginning to rap myself. And he just saw that on the internet and um, uh, would just, you know, see what I was posting. I was doing my thing and, he would see that and um, uh, in 2018 um, I got invited to join the crew Mm. and I was taking a break from college and I just decided to not go back to college and uh, I moved to Maine to join the Ruby Yacht and um, I was in Maine for three years with the crew doing work and and touring the whole country and making records and stuff and then uh now i just moved back so now i'm in like a i'm beginning this new chapter but wow. um still 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 in uh, still in ruby Ad as always but indeed uh, that's how it started
0: wow shout out to rory man like i had a pleasure <laughs> yeah. talking with him earlier this year such a cool brother man and like oh, yeah. dope brother all around man can you talk to me about like for those that may not know can you tell them like what is the function of the rubyat collective
1: yeah um the rubyat is a family a crew of musicians like-minded individuals that um all have a certain set of magical powers or skills um and we just all choose to use those skills in a way that synergizes with the others, you know, and I would say that all of us have been, you know, um, we walk down the same road, you know, we walk down this same path that may be more difficult than the others, mm. you know, like we're not really here to play the game you know we're here to like live the life of like what it means to be an mc and be a musician and be an artist and um i think that's what binds us just this um defiance of like the music industry and the system and um yeah and just all of our all of our different creative ways that we are able to skirt that mm-hmm. industry when it tries to get its like get its claws into us you know
0: indeed indeed can you talk about the meaning of the term ruby yacht like how did he do you do you know how that term even came to be not exactly
1: okay. you know um it was already formed like a few a few years before i joined sure which is also funny because like i wow. when i began rapping my initial goal i was like i'm going to start rapping i'm going to get really good and i'm going to join ruby like that was my whole plan yeah that was my
0: whole plan before i ever like levels. yeah
1: yeah before i ever wrote a song that's what i knew i wanted to do and uh yeah somehow i did it so i don't i don't really know but um no yeah but the crew was already something that was formed sure um yeah before i joined yeah
0: That's cool. That's cool. So who are the members of Ruby? Yacht?
1: So me, rap Ferreira, uh, Kayla Sharay, SB, the more Nest, rap Ferreira, um, Kenny Siegel, Eldon summers. Um, and you know, there's plenty of folk that have their own little communicator. You know how in teen Titans where there's like the teen Titans, And then they give a Teen Titan communicator
0: to, like, a hero that they have, like, a one adventure with. I'm going to be honest with you. I have not watched Teen Titans like that. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure if I ask, you know, one of my young, you know, my youngins. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah.
1: they they do that in Teen Titans. I was going to say the analogy is that, like. I'm familiar with it, though,
0: no doubt. Yeah, but yeah.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of folks that have, you know, their own, like, Ruby
0: communicator. I know exactly what you're talking about, because it's kind of like Wu-Tang, right? You got the affiliates, you know. and Right, kinda, yeah, right. I dig right. it. I dig it. Right. Dope, dope. I'm glad you mentioned the names, because some of those names I'm already familiar with. Obviously, Rory and, like, SB Damore on the album. Like, those are some talented... That's a talented squad right there, you know, and everybody has their own unique thing you know which i think is what makes it dope as well but i wanted you to kind of break that down so folks that might not know would know so thanks for sharing that
1: oh yeah i almost forgot my big bro randall bravery og member just had to get that in there yeah
0: indeed indeed yeah (laughs) now the album that's out now which we're going to talk about mainly today is epic as i said earlier it came out in august what made you say you know what I'm gonna just go ahead and call this thing epic. Like what made this album worthy of that title? So
1: um, in 2019, I think I put a record out called Andre's Gift and Omer Tower. And on that record, that record's all about like the internet and internet culture and um, fun facts and all this stuff, data that you can find online that you can describe a certain meaning to, right? And um, I love to have little jokes, like fun little bits. And the, my like bit, my like whole joke for that album was like, oh, I'm going to reclaim the word epic. Like, mm. cause I felt like in modern internet culture, epic is a word that is used like facetiously. You know, like it's used to mock and it's used for irony. It's like, oh, like you're an epic gamer moment, like that kind of use of the phrase or like the word epic. And in my brain, like epic is a word that describes like history's most legendary poems, you know, and as a poet, I take that like seriously. It's like an epic is like a story in a tale, uh, uh, something that um, is scribed. And so I just wanted to like take that back to what it originally meant. So I began to use the word a lot and it's like totally infected my vocabulary. I say it all the time. Um, but I try to mean it genuinely. I try to say like, that is epic. Like something really truly is epic. Like what you're doing with this show, like to me, that's epic because you're like connecting all these different musicians and, you know, stuff like that. So like, um, I began to do that and my fan base began to, you know, follow along. I would I would post something on Instagram and get like 20 comments of people just saying epic, 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 like all the time. So I was like, okay, well, what if I, you know, turn my fan base, what if I just call them the epic club? So now I like refer to them as the Epic Club, and and we're like, the cl- I, I'm in the club, anybody who wants to be in the club can be in the club. That's like the Epic Club. My website is called epicclub.dev, and that's where all my stuff is, you know? And um, when COVID happened, I was doing these Twitch streams where I was making beats, like on the fly. The way that I make beats is very fast, I just do it really quick, and I move on to the next one, so... I'd be making these quick little beats and I, I had a Google voice phone number that folks could call me on while I was making beats and they would like talk to me and I'd be like chopping a sample and they'd be like talking about something. And yeah, it was just a cool little environment. And I would call those the Epic club meetings. And after doing that for like three months, I had a pretty big collection of beats that I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this a record. And I chose 12 of the best beats that I had or like 11 of the best beats that I had. And I wrote verses to them and that became the album Epic, which is why I call it Epic because wow. it's from, it's from those meetings. Yeah. I know a very long story, but that's how it all.
0: No, I appreciate that. It, it, it makes, it makes the understanding of the album much more meaningful now, you know, cause it's a very free flowing. It has a very freeness to it. Like the album, and well, I yeah, think as you continue I, um, to hit, I did it in one take. Yes, I was going to ask you about that like I learned that you actually recorded it live in one take. Like how did that idea even manifest into a reality for you? Well, I
1: thought that, you know, if I made all these beats live in front of folks, it should it should only be it's only fitting if I record the record live in the same
0: way. Got it. Got it. Right. Yeah, that's dope, man. And you know, that's I'm I'm glad you mentioned that you made these beats, because I was gonna ask you about that. Like, what came first? Cause I know you said you grew up in a musical family with your dad being a musician. Like, were you were you did you start out doing beats or was it the MCN that came first? Um, so hmm. I was writing a
1: lot of slam poetry. Ooh so I guess like slam poetry was the first thing that I was really about, you know? And then I was playing in like punk rock bands where I would be like the singer. So I would like yell and like write like kind of poetry that would go to like the punk rock, emo, music, sounding stuff. And that's kind of what I did for a lot for like a couple of a couple of years, maybe three years while I was in high school. And then um I guess I just, you know, I met Rory, so then I that happened, and then I began to study on how I can make beats, and I began to, like, acquire equipment. So uh, in that in that case, the beats came first, because I would make these beats, and I was trying to spit, like, my old-style slam poetry over it. It wasn't really fitting, and then I began to sort of develop my own flow and rap after that part, right?
0: Got it, got it. Yeah, man, I, your, your beats are definitely spectacular, and they have a lo-fi vibe to it. But I, I, I rock to it. It, it really, Thank you. yeah, it has that vibe to it, man. So you, you did a wonderful job with that. Now, as I said, the lyrics on the project sound like they sound like they're freestyle in the performance, right? But I'm learning that you actually wrote to them. Like, how did you? write them in such a way that it sounded so like free like free-flowing
1: well I, I feel like that kind of goes back to um my approach for this album and how it has been different than my some of my last records like you said earlier i kind of put out one record a year and that's kind of been the way that i've worked for five years now and um, I would spend the whole year on one record, polishing and like refining one record. And for this one, I just wanted to really like shoot from the hit, you know, like I I, I chose the beats and I spent two weeks where I would just sit with my 404 and like a little Bluetooth speaker on my coffee table and my notebook, and I would just pick a beat a day and write a verse to it, and then I just move on to the next one. I didn't Mm -hmm. like, I didn't polish them. I didn't do anything to them. I just let it go. And I said, next one, you know? And I just did that until I felt like I was done.
0: Yeah, I I get that sense that you didn't really try to polish up. You kind of just went with the first feeling, you know? So it definitely comes across that way too. So the first song on the album, is entitled XJ9, inspired by Jenny Wakeman of the animated series uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot. Yes. (laughs) You say on the very first line, your final evolution is a super boring person with a hurtin' to go ball and rock your dad's cat. Can you tell us the significance of that line and why you chose to start your first verse of the album with that? Yeah,
1: so um, so the record I put out before that is like an EP called Pink Pound, and that was something I wrote pre-COVID. So Epic was like the first thing that I was releasing in with a post-COVID mindset, right? And so in over this couple years, I, from what I believe, have became an extremely boring person. I quit smoking i don't do anything fun anymore i just like hang out and think about things like i'm <laughs> i feel like i'm boring now so my final evolution is just a super like i feel like i'm at my final evolution i'm just this boring person who raps and like that's what i do and then um with a and to go bald and rock my dad's cap. i used to have a full head of locks but i shaved the sides And then after I shaved the sides, I was like, damn, I'm really going to shave my whole shit off because I found a bunch of my dad's old stuff. And he had this old school zigzag, like cap, like, like with the zigzag logo embroidered on the front. And I was like, I'm trying to wear that. So that's basically what it is, is there's just this zigzag hat that I have that looks super fly and I want to wear
0: it. Dope, 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 man. You know, I was going to ask you, do you think that it's the pandemic that made you feel like your life is now boring? Like, do you think the pandemic, you know, with everybody kind of being inside, did that have an impact on your perspective of your life now being boring? I guess so. Yeah, honestly, um,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I think it just kind of I think it kind of. Was the catalyst to it? You know what I mean? Like, um, because I still do exciting things. I right, play right, shows. Right. I travel. I, I do things that are very exciting. But I think in my day to day, like I used to be somebody who would like, you know, wake up and smoke a spliff and like fucking, you know, write a rhyme right away and like do like do like uh, to me like things that are like now I'm like, oh, I can't even smoke a little bit or I go crazy like. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, um, just stuff like that. Like, and with COVID and all this stuff, everything being a little more health conscious, right. I feel like that's what what the catalyst was to all that. Like, um, so yeah, I feel like that's kind of where that stems from.
0: Yeah, and I just want to say, like, for the record, I don't think boring is such a bad thing in terms right. of the perspective that you see it. Because a lot of us have had to become used to boring, right? So yeah. I get it. I get it. You know, I'm often looked at as a boring person too. <laughs> in And, in, in, you know, in my circles and my family, you know, because I'm not into the, you know, the fun, I guess the things that people nowadays deem to be fun, you know. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I like, I like to engage in things that stimulate thought, like, you know MCs <laughs> you know educated yeah. MCs so yeah i get it man i get it so i wanted to also ask you about yeah a little bit more about the beats cuz like i said they 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 have a very lo-fi vibe but they're also really raw and i, I like that combination uh, can you talk to me about how like just walk me through how these particular beats were crafted this epic album yeah
1: so i have uh i i use a few samplers and a looper pedal and that's kind of how i get my stuff going and i have this one sampler that um is a is like a lo-fi very like bit crushed piece of equipment that's actually like homemade from this like from this like one person company um, shout out Dig Dug DIY because I used the whole thing on this record. Um, so that sampler records all of the all of the samples, all of like the like melodic samples, and that machine has an auto chop. So I'm able to just like chop that up into four pads really quick, and then that goes into my first SP404 where I keep all my drums. So I'm playing, so I'm like, I got like I got like my sampler with the sample, and then it goes into the one with the drums. And then those two go into a looper. So I'm like looping up the drums, and then I loop into the sample, and then, and then that's all I do. That's it. And then I just have that loop and I record it into a into a second 404. And I use that 404's compressor. So I just like so, so I just put a compressor on it and I record it as like one loop onto that 404 and that's it I don't put it on my computer I don't edit it nothing I just leave it there and that's what I used for the album
0: wow (laughs) So let me just say this like you said that's it but like that seemed like that was a process and I'm just curious to know like how did you even come to that process it was a long time I learned how to make beats on my computer
1: and i spent a lot of time and a lot of money, like figuring out how I can create a workflow that makes sense to me in my brain that doesn't involve a computer, because I would be I would do like one thing on like my MIDI controller for the for like a beat on Ableton. Mm -hmm. And then I'd spend like 45 minutes just like clicking, you know, clicking on things like Mm. I didn't like that I wanted it to be more like musical, you know, so I just began trying different things and I'm a really big fan of Reggie Watts and I like that style of music creation, but at the same time, I um, don't think I have the brain for that kind of like spontaneity, you know? So I wanted to like take that concept and bring it into like a studio environment where um, I'm able to loop things up on the fly and kind of jam with things and move things um, fluidly with my with my with my equipment but i'm still in a place where if i need to stop and start over or change something it's still that's still like part of it and that's still okay you know
0: man it's really dope that you were able to come to that sense of rhythm like you know to really that's that's what that's what i would consider like honing your sound and i'm pretty sure that this is this process is your unique process like no one could say that maybe they might be inspired by it but this is your thing you know like so it's dope that it's just dope that you were able to be inspired by something else but then create this producing process in a format that works for you right that satisfies you so thanks for sharing that oh of course Dope, dope, dope. So I want to get into some of the songs on the album. The the, the track I want to talk about next is DIY Twitter, which is a dope track.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, it's yeah. one of them
0: tracks that like, I guess when, when I first started listening to the album, it took me a little while to get into it. And then, you know, when you listen some more times, you have certain tracks that kind of jump out at you. And that, that's one of them that, That's one of them that really just like Oh I like that, that's one of my favorites So uh, DIY Twitter You have a line on there where you say uh, You're black blackity black And weird as hell too." The apple didn't fall at all The carrot grew from dirty yard And, and had the gall To go and become you <laughs> Yo, I thought yeah. that was a funny line <laughs> um, When you said The carrot had the gall why would you choose to equate yourself to a carrot growing out of dirt?
1: Honestly, because I feel like it's a lot of things, you know, like I feel like we are of the earth. We are of the soil, you know, and I know that like trees are also of the soil. But that whole allegory of like the the apple falling from the tree and like being like the people that you come from, I think to me that evokes some sort of like higher lower dynamic you know but i feel like for me and for us and like where i come from and like my father as a musician and me like we came from the mud you know (laughs) and then and then you know to have to to have you know the gall to be someone that's so outlandish and so crazy and so weird you know like that's to me, that's like special, you know, it's like magical. I think it's I think it's less magical if I'm like an apple that's falling from, you know, from like the skies, you know? Yeah. Which is you know why I, why I chose to yeah. to order like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kinda like the lotus flower that kind of grows from you know, like you said, the mud and the dirt and the swamp, you know. So yeah, I, I dig it. Or the rose that grew from the concrete. Right, exactly. Indeed. You you were on it, you were on to the concept. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So on the hook of that same song, DIY Twitter, you sing in a very freeing tone the words, When I was all around, traveling with my crew, all I could really think was if I even had what it take what it takes to get here, my dude. Yeah. What would you say? was at the core of inspiring those words
1: that bit uh that bit's all about like imposter syndrome you know and like i said i had set out to join ruby yacht and then all of a sudden i did and i was um on a tour throughout the entire west coast of the united states with like you know five of my favorite musicians of all time in a van you know (laughs) like and that and then it like it happened like very quickly so um that's really what that's about you know Is like um kind of looking because with this like post-covid perspective too of like i don't know when that's going to happen again
0: Mm. i
1: don't know when that's going to happen again so now i'm reflecting on what i spent that time thinking about it's like damn we was on the road and all i could think about was am i even supposed to be here it's like i want to go back and and, you know, recalibrate my mind on that a little bit, you know? So that's what that chorus is really about. Yeah.
0: Definitely, man. That's a great explanation. I want to also mention that, like, throughout the album, and I'm pretty sure, like, throughout some of your other music too, that freeing tone happens a lot, right? Where you kind of just, just belt off singing. Like... Did that come from your, your like your rock background? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's you. That's like something that I see is unique to you. So I just kind of wanted to ask you about like where where that came from and like how do you, how do you know like at what point to to go with that?
1: You know, like. Um for a long time, I, I I totally agree. It's definitely, like, something that I believe is very unique in my work. And I like to take those two sides of my influence and try to, like, blend them together as much as I can. But with Epic, I tried to sort of tone it down. So, mm. like, I wanted to become... I wanted the sound to be more of, like, a traditional rap record. So, like comparatively to my other comparative comparing epic to my older music i do that sort of singing a lot less than even on my last record draft track i do it like really consistently and um i think in terms of like when i when i know to do it it's um i don't know you know it's like i used to do this thing where i would rap the verse and then my ad libs would be all of that singing where I'd record a second track and it would be the whole thing would be that yelling and that singing. So like sometimes it would go on for, you know, the entire track. And of course with Epic, I couldn't do ad libs because it was live. So um, I had to sort of pick and choose. But um, again, yeah, I was trying to really trying to tone it down. (laughs) Um, um, So yeah, I don't know. I guess it kind of just comes natural um, or just comes out of me when I feel, you know, It can be very much informed by like what i'm saying or the topic or sometimes i feel like it's the more like the more emo-y and introspective lyrics Mm. sometimes i will want to deliver them that way and then when i'm doing something that's more like boastful or comedic i i want to do it you know a different way
0: got it got it got (laughs) it so the song i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right is i think it's t1 Oh uh Tiguan. Tiguan. Okay, Tiguan. You reference the Dragon Ball Z character Barris <laughs> Yeah. Where you say you want to write a Lord Barris light type poem, lay it on the gold record. Lay it onto a gold record. Tell us the significance of Lord of a Lord Barris light type poem. Why why you connect him in the in that idea of a poem?
1: I feel like for me, it's kind of twofold because I, I in my brain, like Dragon Ball Z is the most like universally referenced piece of media in terms of rappers. Like Dragon Ball Z and rap are like, you know, like this, like they're like best friends. So, and I never had my own DBZ bar. So like I knew I had to do something. I never had one. So I was like, I want to have one so bad. So there's that part of it. And then in my brain, choosing Beerus as like my, my character to reference in Honor is all about this idea that like he is whimsy. You know, Beerus is like extremely powerful and he could like anybody who's not Goku, he could just like and then they're gone forever. You know what I mean? but he just wants to eat like sweet snacks and hang out. And he doesn't really, you know, he, he can fight, but he's really just trying to like travel the universe and eat snacks, which to me is like pure whimsy. You know, it's like this search of joy, you know? And, and that's why I like him. And that's why I like that reference because I feel like in terms of um, myself, I have, in the past referred to myself as like a whimsy specialist you know Mm -hmm. i'm i think i'm very youthful i think i'm very like coy and i like to be kind of silly and especially with my rhymes and i like to be sort of like childish in this sort of wise way which i feel like beerus really embodies
0: dope dope yeah i thought it was dope how it's kind of like bringing beerus to the the poetry world you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like you said there's so many MCs now referencing Dragon Ball Z in their music. I I That, that actually is surprising to me. Because like I said, I don't know of much of your work prior to this album. So I would have thought you've referenced Dragon Ball Z already. So props to you on getting your first <laughs> Dragon Ball oh, yeah. Z reference in. For sure, for sure. Dope, dope, dope. So as I casually listen to the album, a lot of the lyrics sound like they are sporadically put together. And there's a lot of random subjects you touch on throughout the project. But somehow it works with the cohesive sound and the vibe of the album. What is the message that you hope the overall lyrics on this album is able to deliver? Hmm.
1: That's a difficult question because I, one of the things that I was trying my best to not have end up being part of the album was like a cohesive theme mm. i had spent every one of my records before this has been what what i would consider to be like a concept album
0: you did mention so, that too in right one of vibes, yo, yeah.
1: exactly yeah so it's like every single one has a specific theme and a story and it's all very tight and concise and they they all send these different messages you know like Ron Naval is me coming out as non-binary born on the stairs is me dealing with, you know, those, those feelings, you know, navigating the rap world. Andre's gift in Omer Tower is about how I grew up on the internet and how that shaped me into the person I am, you know, giraffe track is about from birth to what brought me, you know, my story basically from birth to bringing me to the rapper that I am today. And those all took a lot of time and effort and thinking and, and polishing and organizing and all this stuff and when i made epic i was like what if i just rapped for 30 minutes i just i just rapped, and that's all i did and so really that's like really that's what my goal was so it's hard for me to like really pinpoint an exact kind of um theme or idea but i guess you know um with my with my inclusion of an invocation for beginnings um i would say that my 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 like hope for the record is that it would create some kind of energy in the listener to make them feel like they could do something as powerful as what
0: i'm doing you know no, nah, that's great and i think you could tell that the reason why i'm asking that question is because it was I think you I think it's mission accomplished for you because the whole reason why I'm asking that question is because it gives that vibe off, right? That you intended, where it's not like one particular subject, you know? I think the only thing that really is cohesive in terms of my listening experience is that raw lo-fi sound. Mm. And you know, I was telling um someone the other day that when I first heard Mad Villain, I didn't, I didn't get it. You know, I was like in college. You know, this is mm-hmm. like 2003. You know, and it was not until like one day, maybe about a year or two after, I was sitting at home and I had my sketch pad because I, you know, I draw, mm-hmm. and I was listening to the music and I was sketching, doing my art. And that's when I got the album, but I never got it from the sense of, like, even to this day, that album doesn't have, like, a cohesive subject, you know, Um, but I got it. And I feel like this album gives off that same kind of vibe, like, there's no, like, one particular subject that it's addressing, but you get it based on the vibe and so i think mission accomplished with that that's why i asked you to to see what you could do to kind of tie it in and that was a great answer too so thank you
1: thank you yeah no yeah definitely um like even there's this old uh scallops hotel song where he spits you know the best rap songs aren't cohesive thematically and that's like um that's another dope
0: line that you also reference on, yeah. on the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I reference that too. But I just like I love that. I love that idea that you know, like it's enough to just be spitting in a fascinating way, and 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 you know, have that groove. And and the mind is not cohesive. The mind is a teetering train. You know, like um, who knows what I'm thinking about next? You know, and especially like in this day and age when. You know everything is just so crazy i don't even know if i could have a a, a, st- a focused thought at this at this like juncture in my life you know
0: <laughs> interesting interesting a reflection of of <laughs> some of what people are experiencing in the times right so let's talk about the album cover is is that you as a youth on the cover Mm-hmm. okay talk to me about what's happening uh like you know the depiction on the uh, album cover what made you decide to go you know to decide on that image to represent the epic album
1: because to me i look at that image and i just laugh and like i just think it's so funny uh that and that's really what it was is i just saw that i was looking at of, i was looking at photos of my mom and i was like that's hilarious like no t-shirt with the joe boxers like hanging out with the vader mask on the like on the fatty tummy i was like that's hilarious and really to me it's like um the least cool image I could have picked. Like it's so anti-cool, you know. Like people be po- people be using photos of themselves and they look like all dramatic and cool and they're stunning, you know, all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> it's just this <laughs> picture of me with a <laughs> plastic Darth Vader mask with the with the buttons on my bare belly. <laughs> like to me, that just had me dying. And at the same time, it's like it's like, you know, it evokes that idea of whimsy and, and just fun and child childlike joy that I think has been the ethos of my whole career. So,
0: yeah. You know, the I, I think it's, you said it's the buttons, right? That's hanging. Um, <laughs> it almost looks like a beat machine. Yo, it does. And, and I thought about that. I was like, yo that looks like a beat machine. Like it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's also playing into, you know, your, your production, you know? So that's dope. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think now that you explain it like that, it is epic. Like, It's <laughs> you epic. Know? It's like, that's so epic that I did that. Yeah. Like, like,
1: I don't know. I just find that funny. And the idea of like costume and cause on the vinyl. So, so, so the back cover of the vinyl, is a picture of me dressed up as Barney as like a toddler and I'm like wearing a Barney costume. So it's like, it has this whole theme of like costume and like, and, and like in that way too, which I just find fascinating. I chose those two images to go together, which is just a whole other thing, but.
0: Dope, dope, dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like it's, it's, it, what's makes it dope is kind of like you, do, you have the mask on so you don't even know what you're, facial expression is right you're just chilling there and it's like a kid wearing a Darth Vader mask you know so right yeah definitely definitely I think that was a good choice did you decide on the album cover after you made the music or was that like when did it come about
1: yeah I decided on the cover afterwards after everything was done and um I really didn't know what I was gonna pick to be honest for a while I thought I was going to pick this i'm a really big fan of king of the hill like a huge this is one of my favorite shows of all time and there's just this for some reason i had this screenshot of king of the hill on my phone that's just like a hand ringing a doorbell like it's just like the finger about to press the doorbell and for a while i thought that that was going to be the cover up until maybe like a couple days before this i was supposed to send everything in or like get everything ready wow and then I was just looking at pictures with my mom and I was like, no, it's gotta be this. So I just took a flick of it. And then, I mean, it's crazy. The one that I chose for the record is just a phone picture. I just took a picture of the picture with my phone. I didn't even scan it. Right, right. So if you look really hard, there's like a glare from my cell phone, like on the image.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I see it now. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Wow. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Wow man, dope. So what would you say, because I know, as you mentioned, the album has like a lot of sporadic moments and subjects and stuff, but if you had to name it, like what would you say are the most common subjects and themes that show up on the album that you were inspired to write about?
1: Really, I think the main one, the main one is frustration, you know, Mm -hmm. frustration with um, how the world has placed my career frustration with um, the avenues at which I have access to um, uh, achieve catharsis at this time, um, and just frustration with the music industry. Mm. Those are like that's like I think something that comes up a lot. And then what I what I think comes with in like the right hand, like that being in the left hand, in the right hand is my response to that with just like, you know, um, a sort of whimsical, haha, like, you're not gonna catch me. Like, I'm super mad about this, but I'm never gonna let it kill me. You know, I'm never gonna let it like, really like make me quit. So I just gotta like laugh it off and keep, you know, keep pushing. That's kind of like, how I kind of view it is I'm like I'm like airing out some grievances but I'm at the same time you know brushing them off my shoulder with a laugh
0: very well said the album has some really funny and clever skits how are you able to seek out such entertaining skits and sequence them in a seamless way on the album so that's Honestly, the part of the
1: record that I'm most proud of because, um, so I found all of the I found all of the audio clips on TikTok, and what I did is I just you know how you can like TikToks and they're like collected and like your likes and you can scroll through them. I just scrolled through my likes for like 45 minutes and recorded that audio, and wow. I chopped that up. Yeah, I just like chopped that up and picked the best ones that I could find, um, and really what's so what's i'm so proud of i i feel like i have to share this because i'm so proud of it i was launching all of the audio clips separate to the beats so like i had two 404s during like the live performance and like one 404 was just for the dialogue and that it was just totally filled up with banks of dialogue and i would just i just decided where they were going to go and memorized it and practice it for a month. And then I just was launching each phrase perfectly in the right wow. time with the beats. And, um,
0: yeah, that's just how it went. Like <laughs> I just did it. You know, when you think about one takes one take recording, I don't think people think so much of preparation for one take recording, right? It just kind of mm-hmm. just happens. Like how much would you say you prepared for the one take?
1: It was about a month. I finished the writing and I planned everything and I set the date that I was going to perform it and, and record it. And that was about a month out. And every day I would just practice it all the way through a couple times, maybe like one, at least one time. There was sometimes nice. where I do it like once. but. If I, if I had the time, I'd do it twice, you know? And I just did that as much as I could. I would, like, rap the songs in the shower. I would, I, I recorded a version of it that's, like, a studio, a studio version that I recorded in my house where I'd, like, bump that and listen to it and memorize it. And that's kind of what helped me figure out where all the dialogue was supposed to go. And, um, yeah, I just knew it front to back the day that the day that we were going to record it. Um, the pe the people that helped me do it, helped me film it and record it. They're like, let's do two takes for safety. But we used the first one. Nice. I didn't even use the second one. I was like, no, I want to use the first one.
0: The first take always (laughs) ends up being better anyway. So yeah. (laughs) Word, word. So speaking of the skits, what would you say is the funniest skit you were able to put together for this album, just from your recognition, like your recollection? i think my favorite
1: personally well i have to give a shout out to boxy because i don't think there's any rapper who's ever put boxy on the record that's the girl who's like my name is boxy i don't do drugs no no she's like a she's like a classic meme from like Mm. i don't know maybe like 2007 or 8 and um uh she made that video a long time ago and then people on 4chan decided that like Boxy was the queen of 4chan and she had no idea what that even was like, no idea what they were talking about. But like, all of a sudden there was these like armies of people on 4chan, like worshiping this like teen because she made a funny video. And so that's gotta be one of my favorites just because I don't think I've ever heard anybody reference Boxy or, or even, you know, acknowledge her existence on a rap album period. But then also, Um, all of the ones that relate to COVID, like I love that I started the record with "Hey Queen, she got the vaccine." Like that's awesome to me. That's like a that's a rap song that this girl made on TikTok, and it's a whole rap song about getting a vaccine. And she's like, and she's like banging on the table and like rapping, and it's so funny. And um, then also the one where that dude, I think his name is like New York Joe or something like that, but he has a TikTok and he makes a bunch of videos. And he's the guy that's like, you know why I'm wearing this mask? Because <laughs> it annoys you every
0: time I wear
1: it. Like, that guy, that guy made me laugh so hard. He's
0: awesome. Wow. He's awesome. Yeah. So let me just get this straight. There was no, like, like you didn't research this stuff. You just kind of just let TikTok run and you recorded. Yeah. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 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 in addition to that you did it in one take you were able to like you said memorize it and just place it mm-hmm. that's dope man thank you that's dope thank you yeah that's 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 free that's dope man wow thank you so yeah, much yeah I, I mean and I, I can say that because like it comes together well you know like mm-hmm. i guess I guess I'll add on to another thing that makes it cohesive, <laughs> even though I know you weren't aiming for no, it. No, but I feel Lir- you. Well, I think you didn't make it cohesive, but I think the skits—I hey, don't know—it just works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that—that's—that's—that's—that <laughs> was dope. Thank you uh, so much. Got it. Got it. So, <clears throat> I think that line on. So Folks Bounce, you know, speaking about, you know, the, the album itself and and, and kind of what it's supposed to represent, uh, where you say, yo, it's dot diggity dot dot dev, the cartoon fanatical sporadically associating things into a song. That line sums up pretty much what you're getting at lyrically on the album. You know, as I like when I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, he's pretty much given the definition. So I wanted to, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of reference that for you as well. But I have to ask, uh even with the sporadic rhymes, is there a method to the randomness? And, and and if so, like how do you explain it? Hmm. Well
1: I think something that I have trouble with is I'll sit down to write and I don't know how to start a verse so like starting a verse is always hard for me so what i always end up doing is saying something extremely random because i don't know i don't know how to like start a verse that has anything to do with what i want to rap about like i can only really think of bars that are topical if it's like in in the middle of something i never know how to kick it off so that's kind of where that that sort of modality comes from just me being like it's dot diggity dot dot dev like i'm a cartoon fanatical and then yeah like um so so it always starts there just saying something random seeing what that leads me to and just for real playing word association i love little word association things and i love when a word sounds like a different word that means something else and um, or like they sound the same, but they mean different things. Right, right? Right, you know right. what I mean, like stuff like that. Like, um, and just trying to make connections that are like uncharted territory. Mm. Like that's a big thing for me. You know, like I want to take two things that no one's ever brought into the same room together. I want to bring those things into the same room together.
0: Definitely got it. Got it. What What inspired you to try to title track six after? The animated character Danny Phantom. Oh,
1: that's actually a perfect example because I felt like I was, uh, I felt like I had made like a 100 IQ like genius, genius move when I wrote that bar. That's like, I'm gonna let it free like butter free when she goes ghosts ash, and then there's a pause, and then I just say Danny Phantom <laughs> because, because. I'm I'm basically what I'm saying is like I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna like let it free like Ash when butter when like he lets butterfree go. But I but I recontextualize that as like butterfree ghosting ash, like on like you know, like when like you ghost somebody and like mm-hmm. you know text them back or something. So like I'm recontextualizing that as butterfree ghosting ash. Like, go ghosting Ash. And when Danny Phantom turns into a ghost, he says, go ghost. So I was like, okay, Butterfree, when she goes, ghost Ash. And then I just pause, give a moment to think. And I'm like, hmm, Danny Phantom. And <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. I felt like
0: a, I felt like a genius when I wrote that. So. <laughs> and, and talking about like when you're able to actually mention Danny Phantom on the on, on the track it works so well like you it all it almost sounds like you you wrote that as part of like the hook but just knowing how the album was recorded it makes it even more dope of how it comes across cuz it, it it's like it's one of those it's one of those sayings on the album or one of those phrases on the album that you know, you kind of just remember. Like, you know, like the way you, like the, re- the repeating of the Danny Phantom, you remember it. So I thought that was clever how you were able to weave it in in a memorable way on the album. Thank you. So you also say on that song, you will never turn into a rapper, self-deprecate. What made you come to that stance? Oh, well, you know, that's something that I really... I, I
1: sort of, I sort of heated and learned from, you know, being under, Rory's wing. You know, mm. like that when you're rapping stuff and you're saying things that are self-deprecating, to yourself in a bar, you're getting the crowd to say that, and they're saying it about themselves. You know, and like I don't want to be the rapper that makes other people feel like they suck, cause, I, cause, I, cause, I, cause, I, cause I'm on stage saying that I suck. You know what I mean? So that's where that comes from. That's not kind of what I'm spitting about It's like, I don't want to be this person that's getting a whole crowd of people to chant like I suck and I'm like a loser, you know, like, cause that's, that's not how I want music to make people feel. So I'm not even going to go down that path. You know, I'm not even going to go there.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because that is something that I've heard a lot of rappers say at shows, you know, so that's interesting. And you said Rory inspired that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow, dope, dope. So you say repeatedly on track 10 that you're the only rapper who knows Zay Frank. (laughs) Yeah. Like, for people that might not know, who is Zay Frank? And um, why was it important for you to emphasize that in the song?
1: So I wrote that song as, like, a love letter to... The media that I mostly grew up consuming, which is like early YouTube media. I think by the time I was 13, I was not watching normal TV anymore. I was watching YouTube videos from all these different random people. And I was very plugged into that world at a very young age and all these different creators. And um, in my mind, I would cite the first like community oriented YouTuber as this guy, Zay Frank. And basically he would just make these little vlog videos and he would talk to the camera and then people would comment and then he would make another video and he'd like you know respond to certain comments or he'd talk about a letter that somebody sent him and he garnered a really active community very early on like this is pre you know celebrity on the internet like really 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 early on like he was the found he was the foundation that like every youtube celebrity is on top of like i feel like zay frank and a few other people but i would say zay frank mainly is like the true foundation of that sort of world and um to be honest when i when it comes to the epic club and everything i try to do with that project i really do model it after his work with his shows on YouTube, and I study his philosophy on the internet, and I think it's very interesting. You know, he has this TED Talk where he talks about how, and this is in, like, 2009. He has this TED Talk about how people are criticizing that folks are, like, staring at their phones too much. You know, like, the iPhone just came out, and folks are, like, people are going crazy, addicted to their phones. And he sort of posits this idea that, like, well, actually, they're living life in there. You know, like, like when they make a connection with a human on their phone, who cares if it's on the phone? You know, like some, some, some people, some people can't make human connections in in real life face to face the same way that they feel comfortable making those connections online. And if it's genuine, who's to say that, that, that that's wrong? You know, especially if it's genuine, like, I know there's, you know, there's evil on the internet, too. But there's just as much love as there is evil on the internet is basically what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. And that's why I felt like it was important for me to honor him on this album. That is about a community that I created on the or It's the album's not about it, but it was spawned by this club and this fun activity that I had began doing on the internet. And, um, yeah i just and it 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 also goes back to this idea of referencing things rapping about things that i don't think anyone's ever rapped about you know Mm -hmm. there's no Mm -hmm. other rap song about this guy because he's just (laughs) people don't know who he is in, in that in that in like in that way so i just i just felt like i had to honor him and all the other youtubers i reference on that track are you know people that uh influenced like my humor how I, how I came up, even my humor today too, like towards the end I rap about YouTubers that are fairly new, you know? So it it kind of like spans this whole other world of influence that I take from that I don't get to talk about or rap about very often.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioning him in, in that way on the song intrigues the listener to want to go, find out more about who he is right Mm -hmm. just to learn yeah Yeah. and i would love for
1: people to do that which is honestly why i added the next track um an invocation for beginnings was written by zay frank i'm Mm -hmm. performing a piece that zay frank wrote wow in in that track yes
0: i'm so glad you prefaced with that because i was getting ready to go right into that (laughs) so let's talk about that There's a few lines, but let me just say that, first of all, an invocation for beginnings is a powerful display of poetry Mm. from, you know, Zay Frank. So, I want to talk about a few lines that really stand out. Like, the whole thing stands out, but I want to, you know, just highlight them. The first one is... This is an invocation for anyone who hasn't begun, who's stuck in a terrible place between zero and one. Let me realize that my past failures at follow through are no indication of my future performance. And then the other line is, let me think about the people that I care about the most and how when they fail or disappoint me, I still love them. I still give them chances and I still see the best in them. Let me extend that generosity to myself. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there's other things that are a part of this poem. But I thought it was dope that you highlighted this poem. And and, and like I said, those two lines really stood out. And I was just curious to know, like, what was it about this poem, especially those two two quotes that i just gave that made you feel like you know what i want to close the album with this like what was what was the intention for the the listener to get
1: so in my brain um the way that i organize my records is um we're on the stairs Andre's Gift and Giraffe Track are part of a, like, trilogy, an era. Those are the three records that I um, worked on. They're kind of in their own little bubble. And I would say Epic is like the beginning of a new era for me, a new chapter of my career and of my life for many different reasons. So um, when I was putting it together... I was returning to an invocation for Beginnings, because that piece came out 12 years ago. Mm. And um, the story behind it is that Zay Frank was a YouTuber very early on on YouTube in like 2007, right when it was became a platform. He did his main show that he did, and then he finished it. And he was offline for a long time. He did TED Talks, he traveled the world, he wrote books, and he did other stuff, right? And then in 2000, and I want to say, yeah, 2010, late 2009, he came back to do another show. And that was the first video he put out was an invocation for beginnings. That was the beginning of his new show. And it was just a video of him reading off that piece, Mm. like just looking at the camera, reading it. Wow. And it has always been extremely inspiring to me mm. since the first time I heard it back then to now. I return to it very often because it just gets me fired up. It just gets me super fired up. It makes me feel like an artist. It makes me feel like, you know, it, I just, I don't know. It just, it just gets the gears moving, you know? Mm. And um, again, I wanted to mark the beginning of this new chapter of my work and my career and my life with something that I find very powerful. And I've sent it to so many of my friends and family over the years. And I've been like, listen to this, like, you got to hear this, you know? And I never know if they actually do or, you know, whatever, like people, sometimes they do whatever. But I thought if I perform it, if I recite it, Mm. I won't only be honoring Zay himself, but I will be giving people who maybe aren't going to hear this any other way. Like they're going to hear me say, you know, like they're going to hear me spit it because I think it's extremely powerful. I think it's extremely special. And, um, I'm just honored to have it be part of the record. And um, he did hear it, Zay Frank, I know he heard it because I think people were tweeting at him and he was like, cool. So I, I got like the, I got like the okay That's from Zay, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's all it's all love and I'm just stoked that it's part of it and it's awesome, yeah. Yeah, man, it's, you know, the part where you say, you know, where you, you reference who, you know, the, that the invocation is for anyone who's who hasn't begun, who's stuck in that terrible place between zero and one. That's a, that's a deep line right there, you know, cause mm-hmm. so many people, they have these aspirations and these dreams and these things that they want to achieve, but they just can't seem to get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I feel for people like that because it's kind of like you have this purpose or this mission that you're here to live out. And for whatever reason, you know so I think when I heard that it just it just served as some kind of relational inspiration to people that might be going through that you know mm-hmm. um would you say that some of that this poem maybe not all of it but elements of it have been experiences in your life as well
1: yeah, absolutely I mean especially, um, the part about you know Facebook and I will not hit up that Facebook like it's a crack pipe. I have to, I keep the browser closed. Yeah. Like that add-on. whole bit is like very speaks very loud to me. Um, I'm a big proponent of social media, and it's you know it's it's um it's power for good, but I do recognize that it's manipulative, and the way that, that it's designed is. It's, des- it's designed in a way to give us, um, you know, this crippling fear of missing out. And, and I recognize that. And I think it's something that I have trouble dealing with. So I when I hear this piece, that that's one of the, the parts that really sticks out to me is like, I really got to make sure I'm moderating my, how much stake I put into these apps, you know?
0: Uh, it makes sense. Makes sense. Wow, Navel! thank you so much for taking the time to yeah. talk with me today. This has been a very, very interesting experience. And I think hearing what you have to say about this album makes me even more intrigued to go back and listen to it. You know, and, and I think a lot of the questions that I had for you, I, I kind of, not a lot, but some of the questions I had for you, I kind of figured that's what it was as well but having you kind of like confirm it makes Mm. it even dope as well so thank you man so what what would you say is next for you i mean i know you put out a record earlier this year and you put this one and put this one out in august is there anything else and it doesn't have to be another album but like what is what is the objective with this project and as far as your music for the rest of the year, because we're like literally down to the end of the year.
1: True. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm um, I'm I'm gonna go on tour. Okay. Uh, at the end of this month, I'm I'm hitting some 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 East Coast states, uh, Boston, uh, New York, Philly. We're doing Connecticut, Rhode Island, Virginia. Um, East Coast. East coast, a little, a little East coast tour scene, dipping my feet in the water of that again. And, um, I'll be, I'll be making some trips to LA with the Ruby yacht to do some more artist work. And I've been getting a little bit into writing, um, script writing. Um, I'll, I'm, I'm kind of dipping my toes into various things. Um, production for like other people I'm trying to send some people beats and, um, take that, take that back seat to, to an album in a way. And, um, just different, you know, collaborations, experimentations.
0: Got it, got it. Like it's so interesting that you talk about going on tour, and when you listen to this album, Epic, it it, it feels like it was, you know, it was recorded on tour, right? So how <laughs> does the experience of Epic live differently on tour when it already sounds like you're performing live?
1: I think that that is the power of Epic because I now have this whole album front to back. I have it memorized so I can just go play a show and just play the album front to back. And that's it. That's what I do. And like, you know, I can just do that without stopping. And just that's the whole that's my whole time is me playing Epic, you know. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to just doing that for like seven days in a row. It's going to be great.
0: Are, are there, like, any elements that you would like to add on to to the to stage show that people wouldn't get particularly listening to the album outside of it just being a live show? Like, are there, like, any, like, you know, tricks that you going to, you know, like, things that you want to make the show more interactive? Yeah,
1: of? I love to do stuff like that. Like, um, I haven't really thought of what I'll do, but I'm sure. always doing stuff like that. Like, uh. I used to do this joke. I used to do this joke at the end of my shows where I would play that song from the Breakfast Club at the end. And then I'd be like, I would just say some shit like, oh man, it's been crazy that we were in detention for this song. Let's get out of here. i play the song and like leave.
0: <laughs> it's, ra- it's like a random end to right? To the show, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got it, got it. Listen, man, thank you so much for taking the time and and building with us. You know, the new project is out. It's called Epic, you know, and also folks out there, go check out the Pink Pound album that came out earlier this year. So I got music. I got music that I got to go back in the catalog and and check for. And um, man, like your music is definitely something that, intrigues the listener man if they if they have the 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 willingness to give it the listen so it's definitely out the box you know um but i like your your creative approach too so definitely man um so for all of our listeners i want to thank y'all as well make sure y'all go to the website outtheboxmedia.com naval do you want to tell people where they can find like like find you is there like a website you want to shout out or like your social media platforms where they can keep yeah. connected with you
1: yeah just um uh go to epic dev okay. e-p-i-c-c-l-u-b dot d-e-v that's my shit you'll find everything there
0: epic dev all right so yeah that's where you can find all things pink naval related and it has like the list of the tours yeah i think yeah. that's going to be interesting for a, a lot of the people out here on the east coast uh, to go catch that who are some of the people on the tour uh for
1: new york we're playing with the kai solo and rad uh, to the my company is coming with me on tour we got fat boy in new jersey um shit. Uh, i'm playing with alfred out in virginia Shout out alfred
0: uh you know it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a whole time i'm excited that's gonna be an interesting show man shout out to uh akai solo and, and fat boy sharif who we've had on the platform as well. yep yep word up word up and you're gonna be meeting with rory out west too right oh yeah that yeah. that comes in a Come few in, months okay. but yep got yep it. the whole
1: crew is meeting out there we got some shit planned so
0: dope 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 All right, so yeah, man, keep connected with Pink Naval and stay connected with us, outtheboxmedia.com. Make sure y'all go to that website. If you are not a subscriber yet, just to be connected to our mailing list, make sure you go to outtheboxmedia.com and subscribe by hitting that subscribe tab. So all of our listeners and viewers, I want to thank y'all again. We will be back next week for another episode. Next week, we're going to have episode 90, Dev. We're getting 90 coming up. So I'm excited. I can't wait till I get to 100. So it's counting down. And until next time, I just want to say peace, love, and light. Everyone stay safe, stay focused, stay healthy. We are out of here. Peace. Much love. Peace.